0: Hello everybody, welcome back to the More Authenticity Podcast with Evelyn Edwards. I'm your host, Evelyn Edwards, and today we have the most requested guest back on the podcast, my boyfriend, Dylan Moore.
1: Howdy folks.
0: We um, had an episode not too long ago, I think it was episode number 12, if I'm not mistaken, where he came on for the first time and it got so much love and support, and so we're very very happy about all of their response that everybody gave and how many people actually listened. It's my top episode so far, so we'll see if this one tops it. We'll see <laughs> what we can do. Um, the whole topic that... Wait, do you have any updates you want to share?
1: <laughs> I ain't done much of much other than work and right now currently laying the bed.
0: Yeah, poor guy has um, a slip disc
1: slipped or bulging or degenerative i got everything i just got i have a horrible back
0: in his back in his lower back and i've been taking care of the whole farm by myself nine horses two goats two cats eight dogs and seven dogs seven dogs so yeah because reba's gone
1: i'm making a cowgirl out of her yet
0: I'm still dressing up in my athletic dress. I want to take care of some horses and my hokas. If I step in horse crap, I just wash it off later. She's a tennis
1: (laughs) girl on the farm. But she's doing a good job. We'll claim her.
0: Anyways, it's been fun. It's also been a lot. Doing laundry. Like, I am living the housewife jobs right now. I just cleaned the bathroom yesterday. I did laundry. I did the dishes. I did, like...
1: Yeah, I'm worthless and miserable.
0: He's just and sitting there laying in the bed. As per poor usual. Poor guy. No, but we've gone out to eat a couple of times, and that's been fine. Um, we we but
2: cooked. We rode motorcycles. Other than that, we've worked. yes. Do, we
0: done some things. Yeah, we went on a motorcycle ride with my parents. They came up to Lenore. I think I spoke about that maybe in the other episode. Because I'm still in Lenore right now. Right. So, anyways... My updates are basically that I've been in charge of nine horses and it's been fun. You really are tested with your patience with these horses because they are big grass puppies. It is actually crazy. Each one of them has a personality and they never fail to not show it, especially when food is involved. And they get rowdy. I mean, and they're they're testing me. They want me to get ratchet. They want me to get rowdy, and I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to keep my calm and composure. Crew and Merle, my dog and Merle, the Great Dane, come up, and they're trying to drink water this morning. I'm also telling Dylan this story. Mm -hmm. He hasn't heard it, because he's in the bed. They're trying to drink water out of the trough, and magic out of all horses is the last one, and guess what stall that they were in to drink the horse... The, yep, they were in Magic Stall. And, and he I. shit a
1: brick, didn't he, when he walked in No,
0: there, I was screaming out. at Crew and World to get out of the stall. I thought they were gonna get killed, that poor horse. Magic he probably
1: sketched out. Magic appeared to be a spook.
0: Yeah, he is the oldest horse, right?
1: Yes, ma'am. And um
0: he gets spooked very easily. He's just old, doesn't really know much, he's very dumb and it, he just He
1: spooked since he was tiny. I even when he was I think like I think he was twelve, something like that. Me and my mom went out riding him. He was the first horse that ever threw me off. I threw a glove to my mom. Now granted it was me being stupid. I was five years old. I threw a glove but it went by his face and you'd have thought somebody shot that horse. <laughs> he splayed out, turned around, did a whipper wheel, took off running and took me through the trees for like literally five minutes. <laughs> I got clotheslined by a limb, taking off the horse. It was yeah, it was interesting. He the
0: first time I ever went on a trail ride here was with Jack. Who is the biggest horse out of all of them, but the sweetest. It was, like sweetest. Hands. It was so huge. sweet. Um, Jack, and then Austin was on Famer Lane, I forget. Now one of her horses that she uses for rodeoing. And then Dylan's mom, Amy, she was on Lady, her horse. Well, Merle, the great Dane, comes up out of the creek where we were by, just, you know, walking, trail riding. And Lady gets spooked by Merle, and straight up donkey kicks. <laughs> and apparently, as Amy's on the back of Lady, her th- or, um, her ankle was itching. And so she bends down to scratch it, right as Lady donkey kicked. <laughs> and Amy falls straight down on her shoulder. And I'm in front, she's in the very back, and all I hear is, and i turned back and there's nobody on lady and i was like amy are you okay like the first time ever being on a horse since i was maybe four and austin's like mom are you dead
1: (laughs) and mom didn't complain about it one time for the next month we were very (laughs) proud of her god almighty
0: he's being sarcastic but i mean if a horse donkey kicks and then pretty much bucks you off You're going to complain about it if your ribs are sore. I promise you,
1: all five of us have been there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Dylan got stomped on yesterday. It's actually no joke dealing with these horses. The one horse, Sugar, who's two years old, she... I was putting her food in her bin, and she comes around and knocks the crap out of my head. And I'm just like, mm, that is very nice. I am now concussed, and... It's just crazy. I mean, all they did was swoop their head and you can literally be concussed <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. And they step one wrong way, poor Dylan got stomped on by magic when he spooked. I mean,
1: stomped my foot, hurt back, hurt foot.
0: There's so many stories of how I mean, the horses are very dangerous when
1: no, Dylan fun. got
0: charged at the other day.
1: They get food in the Way sometimes they get all excited and I, I don't have the mood to put up with them. Sometimes Sugar took a bucket to the forehead the other day because she was being dumb.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: It's not annual abuse. Y'all come deal with them for five days. I guarantee you'll throw a bucket at them too.
0: The sweetest ones that I really like are Jack and Buck.
1: They are. Buck animals. is good.
0: Bobo was sitting Average's in the back. Good
1: sometimes when he won't, not be.
0: Bobo point. was pretty patient today.
1: Really, yeah. he can be good.
0: Anyways, yeah. y'all don't know any of these horses. Those so are matter. part of the <laughs> horses. The names are funny. I'm going to name out all the names. So, we've got In Order, Jack, Bo, Sugar, Fame, but Fame is with Austin, so Mm -hmm. now Bougie's in Fame. Bougie is the boarding horse. Socks. Then we got Buck, Magic, Mm -hmm. Maverick Lady. So, those are all the horses.
1: We got Paint now, too. Oh, yeah. Paint the red roan.
0: In two goats. That came with
1: a paint that was named... I can't remember, but.
0: They name, yeah, now named sense. him.
1: You had a red road named Paint and a paint named something. Not I think paint. his
0: name's Bo now, but it's B E A U.
1: Bro, that horse is like seven. His name better still be Paint.
0: Well, yeah, but.
1: <laughs> I think he, he goes by Paint. What if you were like 12? I was just like, yo, your name's actually not Evelyn anymore.
0: Well, whatever. Anyways, today we are going to talk about something that we've really been. Talking about recently, one on one, and that is relationship over religion. Now, mm-hmm. this is a little bit hard to talk about, I think, at first, in my opinion, just because I'm me, it, nothing's really hard to talk about for Dylan. But the only reason why I kind of have a hard time talking about it is because a lot of people maybe might get defensive for those that are in the church and that do kind of uphold religion over relationship. I feel like. The people that we are, like the epitome of who we are talking about, basically, are the ones that will be getting defensive. Um, I don't know how to really explain it in that sense, but pretty much when you have a relationship with the Lord, that is more important than flat out the religion, whatever you believe in, that type of deal. And that is the whole sum of what we're going to be talking about.
1: And the reason she brought me on is she knows that I could care less what anybody's opinion of me is. So I'm going to say exactly what I think. And if you like it, great. If you don't, we'll move on. If you don't like it, then you probably just...
0: I they think everybody can take something from can, it,
1: though. They can. I, I can take something from it. I'm not some great spiritual being that realized it. I just opened up my ears and listened and had a relationship and a conversation, and that's why I got to understand a little bit. But the best thing you can do is just, if you hear something that, you, in my opinion, something that steps on your toes or does hurt your feelings a little bit, it's probably because it's a little bit true. Most of the times, the things we get most offensive about and hate about others are the things that we just don't want to admit about ourselves, in my opinion. Right. So that's usually why it does right rub people wrong. Right. I know that's definitely true for me. I did that a lot growing up, still do it. I mean I'm not a perfect person by any means. Yeah. I'm guilty of it just like the rest.
0: And I get that too. When I was growing up though, like I feel like I can talk about this subject because it kinda hits home because when I was growing up I didn't really understand what a relationship with the Lord meant. All I knew is I was a Christian and this is what I'm supposed to believe just because of what my parents had told me and as I grew up and matured then I was able to decide what I actually do believe in and thankfully it was the same um path that I was basically put on as a young child I know some people like can deter off of that path that their parents put them on pretty much and they make up their own mind which is also great and what they want to resonate with but for me it was pretty much the same But I didn't really know that it was going to be the same because when I was younger, I would go to Sunday school, I would go to church, and all I knew was that there was the Lord, like, God, Jesus, the devil. And here are the things you need to do to get into heaven, and here are some of the things that you can do to get into hell, basically. And that's all that I cared about was making sure that I was perfect, pretty much. And that was kind of instilled into me as a very young girl when my Bible Sunday school teacher was, you know, older and trying to tell us, you know, from right from wrong, all that type of deal. And then once I got into high school, really, that's when I got into Young Life because I wanted to still be involved. And for me, moving around from different Cities and states, even it was hard to be in a church and be members of a church. Like Dylan, he goes to First Baptist of Lenore, and he's been there since he was a baby. I mean, that third is third generation
1: in the church. We've been there a while. Yeah, and he's and it's done 133 work. years old. The 133 year anniversary is coming up in like next week or so. Oh, so this church it's awesome. It's a great and love it. I love it to death. But it is also old school.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when. Yeah i kept moving around it was like we had all these different churches i grew up in a um church of christ which is i i don't know what type of specific, denomination yeah that is but um
1: i think most church of christ is if i'm not mistaken don't quote me on it are non-denominational that's kind of how it works like it's just
0: yeah church and, of christ No. Yeah. But there's the non-dominational, there's the Baptists, Methodists, there's, you know, all these different types of things. I mean, even being Catholic, Mormon and Catholic Judaism and...
1: Just technically, a, it's not, well...
0: Judaism is like its own...
1: They're, they're, they're Christians, they just don't believe in Jesus. But they it's it's a denom- it's kind of like a denomination of...
0: Right, right. It's also yeah. an eth- ethnicity, God, too. Yeah. But, um... But yeah, so whatever resonates or whatever. What was I saying? Anyways,
1: there's,
2: there's groups. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then I moved to Raleigh area, and that's when I started to really get into young life and trying to figure it out. At first, I was just like, I'm going to consider myself non-dominational. Um,
1: denominational.
0: Non-denominational. denominational yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I considered myself non-denominational um, and that just meant to me that it was more so a relationship over religion and when I got into Young Life in high school that was when I was taught more to have that relationship with Christ and it's sad that most older people from what I see don't have that outlook when they're you know, judging other people and when they're outwardly doing things that's negative towards others so to speak when they come into the church
1: couldn't agree with you more i can't remember the verse or quote of scripture exactly i I love to read my bible i do not have it memorized but um you know sin within your mind is the same thing as commit like the committing an act of sin in your mind is the same thing as committing it Physically, if that makes sense. You know, if you have lust in your mind, then you have committed adultery. Same thing goes with judgment. Judgment is a sin that we are all guilty of. Lord knows I am. It's hard as a person to not look at somebody and cast out that judgment. But I think that is definitely seen by a lot of folks. And unfortunately, I think my church a lot gets a stigma of it. You know, kind of the older traditional Southern Baptist. Baptist seem very backwards i know there's some churches around here that i know of that are very hellfire damnation kind of services like if you don't do this you will burn into pits yeah that's that's not christianity yeah that's not true like to me i consider myself a christian that's it i love the first baptist church i love the traditional hymns i love the way the service is but to me what i get from church is a message i like todd speaking like we went to water life um this past weekend which is more of a Contemporary kind of service, not traditional. Something I'm really not crazy over, but I do like the contemporary music. I like the praise aspect of it. But my favorite thing about Water Life, where my, some of my family goes, aunts and uncles and cousins, we went with them, me and Evelyn. Uh, Todd and I think Josh at my church, who are both of our, or that's Water Life's pastor as well as First Baptist, they're very good about strictly reading the word for the word, taking their own personal implicit bias out of it. And I think that's the best way to have Relationship, and that was something I really had to learn for myself. I got a little bit of exposure to it growing up. I think going to casual and whatnot, meeting friends in Christ, you know, other people that didn't have the whole world figured out, other people that weren't. Caswell was
0: so, kind of like yeah, the young it's, life, it's like, it's like our
1: young life, it was like the contemporary thing. You know, kids could just go and be kids and seeing that, hey, you know, everybody doesn't have it figured out like you think. You see these older folks growing up in churches, like, oh, they've got it all figured out, they're perfect, godly people, they're exact representation of what you want to be. No, everybody's done wrong, everybody's had hurt in their life everybody's been broken and I think that's what turns a lot of people away and it breaks my heart you know you see people who don't think they're good enough to come into church because of what they're wearing or the clothes on their back right because I'm like my church is very you need to be dressed up to come to church and like I like to look nice at church don't get me wrong I want to put on my best
0: fun. <laughs> I think it's nice
1: to look <laughs> knowing I mean, that I, I live in athleisure that... exactly and I'm trying to you know present myself well to the Lord but some people aren't capable of that I was the first person to wear blue jeans in my church ever First Baptist. God, you thought it was a sin when I went in. But now, like, a quarter of the congregation, especially younger folks, wear jeans. Exactly. Like, it just trendsetter. happens. Trendsetter. <laughs> yeah, trendsetter <laughs> of her hair. But what I'm saying is, I mean, how it backward matter is it? what you wear. The color of your skin or the way you identify with anything or that. How, what you've been through your past Jesus doesn't judge that right why should any Christian who wants to do the same judge that exactly and it hurts me it breaks my heart now I, mean, I have had family members friends that I've had personal conversations with that, like I mean have been turned away and deterred from God because of a religion A religion has nothing to do with relationship and that is something I even had that that furthered my relationship with Christ I know that I had it instilled in me from a young age and I, I'm grateful for church church is a great thing but just like your studies in school if you just go to class do what you need to do but you never take notes and you never study during the week and you don't go home and try to learn and, and dive deeper it. into that and apply that to your life, then you're never going to get good at what you do. You'll do exactly like I did and fail some classes in college and <laughs> have to retake a few because I just didn't care that much. Right. I deeply care about this because I've seen results from it in my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I can't speak to anything more than anyone else can. I can only attest to what is true in my heart, what I know in my path. And I think that's what happens with everybody. And to me, some of the most successful people I've seen I know Jordan Peterson is a prime example. Um, so I talk about this a lot, says everybody, and I feel like I beat a dead horse, but he talks about that fine line of chaos and almost spiritual awakening and genius. You know, you get to the point where you're so broken down that you either choose to give into it and cave in, or you have that person that's there to support you and bring you back up and help you to realize, hey, this is what's wrong in my life, this is what has hurt me, here's how I can overcome it. And a lot of people find that through Christ. Some people don't. I'm glad anybody finds that, but I find it personally in Christ. Mm-hmm. I wish everybody could, knowing how much it has helped me. That's the only reason I tell anybody about what I know, because it's the only thing I can speak true in my life. And that's the only thing anybody can. Right? Google can't tell you that. A classroom can't tell you that. Not even a parent or a best friend can tell you that. I've been at my lowest and my low before, and the only person I could talk to was God. And that's why relationship to me means so much more than religion ever wills, because I know that I truly have a friend that I can go to at any point and always have there and I believe that's true in my heart that will never be I will never be told otherwise by another human being because mm-hmm. that is something so much more than something as little on this earth and right. I think one of the greatest things that came from that is me realizing my ah, sweet girlfriend helped me realize well I'm not very special you know you think about all the negative that goes on in my life that I see and the dwell in sometimes say hey my back's bad right now I got this right now I got this going on all this that piles up it seems like it's so much I don't have it near as bad as the next guy and you can always find somebody that has it worse that was something my mom all preached to my dad all the time my dad preached to me growing up is it doesn't take long you don't have to look very far to find somebody who has it worse off than you do mm-hmm. and if you sit there and dwell in it that's fine you can always dwell on the negative going wrong you can always dwell on what's bad in your life you can let that get you down and you can let that get you broken but having that relationship and that bond that can help overcome that and see past that and learn from it and grow from it rather than to dwell into it
2: mm-hmm.
1: that to me is what helps for and anybody who's successful in life is capable of doing that whether it's through god or not i just think it's easier <laughs> and yeah a lot if you have a guideline you have a book you have the word that literally coaches you on life. You have a book that is two, three thousand years old that can still tell you and describe what to do in today's life. That's a pretty powerful thing.
0: And I want to circle back to what you said about, like, friends coming into the church and being basically, like, shunned upon because of what they're wearing, maybe their skin color, what they identify as, like, all of that really breaks my heart because when I say relationship over religion and knowing like basically what we kind of prefaced at the beginning that some people are going to be um, defensive when we show up, it's because, oh, this is not like who Jesus was talking about. He is only talking about basically me kind of mentality is so wrong. And it's like the Lord does not single out any person and decides you are capable and you are not capable of basically living this eternity. And hearing that and seeing it amongst people that are strictly religion. Um, it can get confusing for those that don't have a relationship. And that's the only thing that they see. And then they never pretty much go back to church. And like they have now this whole mindset of what christianity is and what um god is and all this stuff and it's like that is so wrong that i like i wish i could preach it to the rooftops i mean it's really hard to bring it up and that's why i guess i wanted to circle it around in this podcast episode but i just wanted to hear your thoughts on it
1: and i don't think that's the thing that most people make in one decision i think the biggest reason people do that is why would you give somebody a second chance when nobody gave you a 50th you, know, you see people that have a lot of hurt and a lot of shun growing on Most of the examples, I know it wasn't a one-time deal where I hate the church, I'm never going back. It happens gradually over time. Some yeah. people think they are so broken that they don't even deserve God's love. Well, that's just not the case. The way God reads and the way God tells us is that God loves the world so much that he sent his only son who did die for us, who was living a pure life and was the only perfect example. He died for us so that we would not have to worry about sin in this world, that we are forgiven because of it. Mm-hmm. And that's Thank God he did because it is impossible to live a life without sin. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is that he is without sin may cast the first stone. Right. There's not one of us that has not done something wrong in our life. And God views all sin the same. Mm -hmm. But what he judges us by is how we do to retribute that sin. You cannot change the hurt that is done to you in your life. Most children, I guess my greatest way to relate this is you look at a child, okay? No child is born to hate, plain and simple. No child is born with hate in their heart. They are a product of their environment 100% of the time. No child is born to be a racist, to be judgy, to want to murder, to want to cheat, to lie, to steal. Your environment teaches you that. Mm -hmm. Is it an excuse for it? No, the world sucks. Again, I promise you, you can find somebody else that has it worse than you. And the thing is, is you can't compare. Some people have brain cancer. Some people have heart cancer. Some people lose their parents. Some people lose their leg. Some people are born in poverty. Some people get raped when they're a kid. Some people... The list goes on. You cannot find one thing to compare that somebody has it worse than the other. There's no set standard of, hey, this is worse. Right. I got a bad back, but I still have my legs. You know? And even if I didn't have my legs, well, I still have my arms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The list could go on. You can't ever find... The world's always going to suck. It's going to throw shitty things at you. Pardon my French. It's not going to be a pretty place. Unfortunately, because sin is in this world, that exists. And I think God allows that to happen because, again, I think one of the greatest things people always say is, but I think they say it wrong, in my opinion, is God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. No, that's BS. He creates his toughest soldiers from his toughest battles, or his strongest soldiers from his toughest battles.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that kind of touched on what Katie and I talked about when she came on of basically saying, like, God does not call... Qualified, he qualifies the call.
1: Exactly, I 100% agree with that. And I think the beautiful thing about that is, you look at you know some of the biggest stories from the Bible. Again, I can't quote them all, but uh, you have, if I'm not mistaken, Paul killed Christians before God used him as a disciple. I mean, literally, you talk like people like Adolf Hitler, who that's basically what Paul was back in the day, and that's what God called to love and to be a devout Christian, or people who have been an adulteress, or cheated, or people who have been drug addicts, or, you know, you find people who are broken in this world, and then come around to those success stories you even hear. People who are in poverty, who then become to be the richest person on the face of this earth, or top ten in Forbes. You talk about someone who's a profound atheist, and then comes to find God, and all, all of a sudden the most profound Christian you ever meet. Those success stories change lives tremendously. You that one person right there, that one story could change five hundred thousand people's lives. Mm-hmm. I think God uses those really broken people to have massive spiritual awakenings because they therefore bring more folks to Christ.
0: That reminds me of the story when Jesus is sitting there in the tree and looking out onto or no. Zechariah. Yes. Sitting there in the, the tree. The tax
1: collector. Everybody hated him. Yes. <laughs> I mean
0: this so basically the story goes uh, apparently the word came around like Jesus was here and like they wanted to all come rush to him and have them like basically go up and heal him or have them be healed. I'm telling the story really bad. But Zachariah was sitting in the tree hiding because he was the tax collector in the city and nobody really liked him because he was like with his job and stuff and what he had to do. And Jesus called out actually him from far away to come and he was basically the chosen one, and everybody was like, "What? He's not deserving. Like, I'm more deserving than him, and all this stuff." And it, like, that is literally basically the same thing that you were touching and, on.
1: And as I went back to before, you know, no child is born bad in this world. No child is born to hate. That is true. And if that is the case, and if everybody's a product of their environment, what Jesus goes to show us in the way we are taught to live our lives is that everybody is capable of being loved. There's someone for everyone. For me personally, it took meeting that person who was able to love me no matter what in human form. And yeah, I'm, to not get on super sappy note, but it it does. It takes meeting somebody you know who can show you that even at the lowest of your lows, that love can still be possible. That's a relationship. That's God sent. When you pray for that person and they come into your life and they change it totally around and show you that you can be loved no matter what, that can change a person's life and if everybody is capable of having love and being loved if this whole world would just take time to slow down and not look and cast judgment which i were all guilty of i do it all the time jesus washed a prostitute's feet i don't know about y'all but there's not many prostitutes whose feet i want to go wash (laughs) plain and simple sorry and he did it willingly and told her how much he loved her and how beautiful she was inside and out and to be able to look at somebody like that and love the whole world like that think about what better Of a world we could live in if that was everybody's view. And it takes loving those people that are so broken and beat down to do that. And that's what God calls us all to do. If the whole world did that, if every religious quote unquote person that said they were did that, lived that way, the world would be changed tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would not take long. It takes and I think the biggest struggle for me, and I talk to Evelyn about this a lot, is I realize that and I accept that no, it's true in my heart at the young age that i am and that's all i want to do this only thing i care to do and it can be hard to even you know get up like, what's the point my life feels so small and insignificant now it's like i'm not doing more like there's more i should be doing basically right and the thing is you can't hold yourself so accountable to have all that on your shoulders and think that you're the only one that has to do it you just make the smallest dent that you can and eventually chipping away at it like you would anything else. I think about it, relate back to construction. I can't look at a house. I'd be so overwhelmed if I looked at a five million dollar house and said, How the hell do I build this? When it's just a clean flat piece of ground. But you gotta start your grading, you gotta pour your footers, you build up your foundation, you start your plumbing, then your mechanical, and you like you chip away at it. It takes years sometimes. It takes time to work on. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have it figured out tomorrow. But if you slowly start to dive into that word, build that relationship and try to love everybody that way. There's not one person on the face of this earth. I don't care who they are. They can look and say they don't want to feel wanted or loved.
0: So those that are, like, have maybe have never dove into the wor- word or doesn't really know where to start and has maybe been turned away, has, like, a sour taste in their mouth about this whole Christianity, religion, and God, and, like, what would you say should be the first thing that maybe you would advise them to do?
1: Quit making excuses. As best way I can put it, and best example I can give is, when I was growing up, I really enjoyed to play football. Um, it meant a lot to me. It was a really impactful sport. I think in my life taught me some life lessons like hard work, um, friendship, working together with teammates, you know, things like that. And I learned a lot from it. I really it played a big part in my life growing up as a kid. Of course, did nothing. As much now, I'm not one of those guys that peaked in high school in football, I don't think. In fact, I was a very average high school football player, but um, I had to work really hard out and put a lot of time and effort into it to excel, and off of that hard work and spending time in the weight room, trying to get faster, bigger, stronger, I did improve, but I was never going to be a D1 athlete. Obviously, I was a 5'11", 185-pound white boy, <laughs> and when I got into high school, I about had a coach that ruined that for me. Um, He definitely, I I felt like kind of had it out for me in a way, and I didn't feel the same love and enjoyment of football that I did beforehand, and I really just didn't want to put in the same time, effort, or work at it as hard, and it was evident. And my dad, I kind of talked to him about it, and I'll never forget him saying, you know, he said, why would you let one man, one person, one individual ruin something that you have put so much time and effort into and something that you love and hold so dear to your heart? And I think that speaks a lot of volumes to a lot of other things as well. You know, I mean, directly in this aspect, how we're talking religion, why would you let one person or one act turn you away from the Lord? You know, you can make all the excuses you want. You might not want to dive into the Word, and you might not want to pray, or I don't know what exactly it is for everybody, because I can only speak true to what's my experience, but... What I can tell you is quit making excuses and quit, you know, putting it off. Your mindset is all that you have. It's the only thing you're given on this earth. And um, the only thing that you are totally in control of. If you want to better yourself however it is, work at it every day. Don't let other people deter you. Don't let other people get you off your path. Put effort in what you want to do to better yourself. Because if you can't better yourself, then you're not going to ever be able to help and better anyone else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And keep putting it off and push it off all you want, then... You're just delaying your understanding and your happiness. The faster you dive into it and start to look for it, the more likely you are to come across it. I know one of my favorite country songs on the face of this earth is uh, I Saw God Today by George Strait. It, um, there's a line in there where he mentions that he saw him in a flower poking through the sidewalk and that um, I know he's here, but I don't look. And I think the more often you look and you apply and you strive to find those things in your life, the more often they're going to show up. And um, if you don't put effort towards it every day and work at it and whittle away at it, then you're never going to grow, if that makes sense. and So you've got to quit making those excuses. You've got to put the time you got to put the effort in. And you will see a positive response. It's the only thing I can attest to. Because mm-hmm. I've seen it true in my life.
0: And I don't want to, I guess, say this to make it like you have to dive into the word type deal to feel that relationship. No, I am, I'm I'm one hundred 110% honest when I say I haven't even dove into the word since my Bible study back in last semester. And it's like, I am not ashamed to even say that because I still talk to the Lord every day. I have that relationship with him. He has helped me obviously since the day that I closed the Bible and I haven't opened it since. You know what I mean? So it's like even if I don't go to church every Sunday or if I don't read into the Word, it's it doesn't make you worse, quote unquote, of a Christian than if you did do that. I mean, yes, you would have more of that alignment of what you're reading and you know, setting the tone for the day, whether it's you read the word in the morning or if you're, you know, closing the day with the word, with peace and everything like that. I mean, that can obviously enhance your day, but that is not something that determines your relationship with the Lord whatsoever. I mean, when you, or if you are fallen off from the Lord and say you haven't gone to church in months and you don't see him and you haven't really opened up the word Even the Christians that do know who God is and love him, obviously, they can feel that loneliness when they stop going to church and feeling in the world and pursuing him, right. And so it's like, even if that happens, it's like I would really advise you to just talk to him more because that is the whole reason why I wanted to... Have this as a topic on the podcast is because I think a lot of people will be ashamed. I'm guilty of it, of not going to church, not opening up the word. It's really intimidating to open up this word that so many people have talked about, so many people believe in, so many people use this as their whole moral system. And you're like, I don't even know where to start. You start on one, and it's Genesis, and it's like, okay, God made the world. And I'm like, I sit down as a child. And I'm like, I'm gonna read the Bible tonight. I'm gonna read it like a book. And it's like, you know, typically that doesn't really work. That's really hard
1: to do. Yeah. I took, for as a person who took a religion class and read the Old Testament, it's really hard. To I just didn't even read, read half the time book. for class because, like, dude, this is tough. The Old Testament is hard to understand. There's a lot of the Bible that makes no sense. Right. But there's a lot of it that does as well, and a lot of it that's applicable.
0: And a lot of. The time when I do go to church and I, you know, like we went on last past Sunday, that was the first time I've been to church in probably months. But does that mean that God's not, you know, in my life and that I'm not pursuing him? No, that doesn't mean anything. And it just means that you see him more and you're able to be more enlightened and have that, um, I guess, on your back and you come out and you're like, okay, this is kind of setting the tone for the week. I
1: see God tenfold more in the woods than I do in a church and nobody will ever tell me different on that. Sorry, is what it is. I love to go to church. I love it. I love my church family. I love what's established there. Like you were saying earlier, you know, you never really had a real established church family. Mm-hmm. You were always bouncing around church to church. You just got the message from church and the praise. Whereas me growing up, I was in one church for my whole life. What church is to me is a body, a person. You want to talk about like accountability partners, kind of how you mentioned earlier. um, Having somebody there to further you in your faith and to be there and support you is one of the biggest things of your faith as well. Having somebody there as an accountability partner, somebody to reassure you. and That's what it meant so much to me in church, and that was the only thing about religion that I really enjoyed, which is having people that you've met even now, like Derek and Brenda Walters, if they ever listen to this, that were like youth parents for me. That's like another set of parents. Dr. Smith is like another grandparent to me. Yeah, People who have been truly loving and caring people in my lives. And I think what it boils down to is, What's so neat about it is even you want to talk about relationship with God, it helps you in your relationships with others because that's the biggest thing that Christianity has given to me is relationships, whether that's blood or not, mm-hmm. family, friends. The people that I love most and hold dearest in my life have always been the most avid Christians in my life that are true, true Christians. They're not Baptist or Methodist. or They're just Christians they love. My Manino, who have, if you have ever met her, was the most godly, heaven-sent woman on the face of this earth.
0: That was his great grandma.
1: I wish she could have. She was blind and deaf her whole, basically her whole adult life. If anybody, and lost two or three husbands, buried two sons. The last one she didn't even, uh, or uh, she's been through a, God knows what in her life, and seen way more harsh things than anybody ever could have, in my opinion. What I'm getting is if anybody had a reason to not, love this world or hate this world, she was it. And she was the most God fearing, loving person I've ever met in my life. Everybody who met her loved her. And all she did was relate and be totally humble and give everything back to God. And what she did is loved everyone else how she was supposed to love God.
0: And what's hard is that there's a lot of people that sit back and they're like, if I like if there is any reason to hate it, I should be that person. And it's like there is not a strong christian and let or there's not a strong christian basically or a strong person this was that quote that popped up on my pinterest port the other day and it was saying like oh my gosh you're a very strong person and it was like no sir no ma'am or whatever it was like i am a very weak person with a strong god and that is
1: a truth
2: very
0: a truth. much very. all of it in a nutshell it's like i am actually the weakest person ever and those of you that come off like a strong and you have the strong mentality or whatever. It's like I may come, yes, I may come off as strong, but it's because of my faith and it's because of the Lord in me. And it's harder to see someone else like be struggling and know or feel that they are weak and they don't know how to come about certain things because they don't have the Lord in their life. And it's like, you know, it breaks my heart knowing all of that.
1: And I think to get kind of back to what you touched on earlier, I wanted to wrap around to, and as I usually do go off on other tangents, but um, you mentioned that it's not about necessarily diving in the word. Of prayer. And it's different for everybody, how you love and have your relationship with God. But I think one of the most beautiful things that I've gained from my relationship with God is it's taught me how to love others. And um, God, God, What's so neat about it is he doesn't require any qualifications. You don't have to be smart. You don't matter if you're smart, dumb, funny, good looking, attractive. Uh, I mean, those qualifications don't matter. The two things he asked for, which fortunately are two of the simplest to give, but for some reason in today's world, I feel like, and you talk across the board, two of the hardest to give sometimes because life is so busy and so many worldly things intercede, but God requires time and effort. And that's it. It doesn't matter how you do it, what you do with it, as long as you're putting time and effort and focusing on Him, like I said, putting Him in the forefront of your mind,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you praying, you diving into the Word, you going and doing acts of service for others, loving. God doesn't care how it is. If you are seeking Him and putting your life towards Him, time and effort, that is all He requires. And if you really break it down, you're that's all talk anybody about, he, wants. That's all anybody wants. You always said the only thing, and I don't mean, but just from what I know in the relationship that I want for my life and that we obviously have had set forth already decided, this is the person I want to choose, what the easiest way to love someone is to wake up and choose them every day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Love is a choice. It always will be. You can't be forced to love anyone. You love some, you choose to love someone. And if you constantly, why do you think so many marriages fail? Cause people give up. They, they make excuses. That, this is hard. This is like, yeah, life happens. Life sucks. Things are going to happen. Thing people are going to do shitty things to you. Unfortunately, your loved one is going to hurt you. And it hurts the worst when it's your loved one because you love them so much. But just like you've told me before, Ev, at least that I know, is that you've always said you always sought out the people that would flirt or make efforts or, I guess, put you above somebody else is obvious, and that's what anybody does. I always sought out people who put effort back into me, time into me, and then some. eventually, at some point, those people seem, or seem to not put that effort in the same as they used to, and it starts to die off. I think that's the truth in anything, any relationship. If you don't put in effort and make—and, you know, of course, life gets busy. You're going to lose those friendships. You're going to have people that separate and get further away from you. But you still—when you have the time and the time is made and you're wisdom, when you put that genuine time and effort in, mm-hmm. that's what shows tried and true. And obviously, with God, you have a capability to do that more awesome because God's always there. Right. So there's no reason to not try to at least—no, it's—you think 15 minutes a day is nothing. Jesus gave his life so that Even I could be forgiven five minutes and a have day. eternal I mean, life. And five minutes a day, I can't express you how much five minutes a day in your morning time, when you wake up, I don't know, when you, before you go to bed at night, whatever it is for you, take some time. And all it is is it's like meditating. It's like spending time with God and yourself and figuring yourself out. Talking to God sometimes is talking to yourself. I've, most of my answered prayers have just come from me talking so much that so literally when I vocalize and I say exactly to God what I'm thinking, I usually just go, oh, no shit, Dylan. Pardon my French. Yeah, I have cussed a prayer before. Sorry, Jesus. and Forgive me for that one, too. Because, again, I'm flawed. I ain't perfect. I don't have it figured out. But no kidding you, I've been praying sometimes and just stopped. And I'll be like, oh, shit, that makes sense. Because I answer myself. Mm -hmm. Prayer helps me dive into my own mind sometimes, really relax and focus on right here and right now. Because, truly, that's all you've ever got. You've got your mindset, which you've learned over the years. And what's right here and right now, right in front of you. Make the most of it and enjoy it.
0: And if you think about it this way, when you have a relationship like our relationship together, we would not consider a relationship as not ever talking, not ever calling or texting, whatsoever. It's like We gotta communicate keep up with the relationship. We have to call, we have to text, we have to be together as one. I mean, that is the whole foundation of a relationship and when you tie that back into a relationship with the lord you're not going to start having that relationship or building that foundation with the lord unless you start actually talking to him um not all the time it is church and maybe if you dive into the word and it's really confusing it's it's a lot more intimidating to do it by yourself especially going to church and diving into the word but i know praying And having a conversation with him is a little less intimidating than I think people think, especially if it's your first time or if you haven't been to church or diving into the word in a while, like I had kind of said earlier, then it's a lot easier to maybe just talk to him a little bit and just say, you know, I know you know exactly what I've been doing, obviously, and, um, you know, whatever you want to say, but... Either way, when you sit down and you talk with the Lord, it should not be intimidating is pretty much all that I'm circling it back around.
1: I agree. And sitting down to talk to a friend, like you're saying, should feel welcoming and inviting. And that's exactly how God is because the beautiful thing about it is is it's in your alone time. It's in your time. And it your own wants and your own desires that's the coolest thing about god is for every single person it's different there's seven some billion people in this world and he knows the amount of hair on your head he has that close relationship with you no person in the world that one verse alone should change your life it should say hey he knows me more intentfully than any other person does he sees you for all your goods all your bads all your uglies everything in between when you're alone or think you are He knows it all. It ain't Santa Claus watching, this. God. (laughs) And the beautiful thing is we know how deep down everybody listening to this podcast, every person, I, you, know exactly the person we are when nobody else is around. We're the only person who does. And we all know the thoughts that go on in our heads every day, the intrusive thoughts that everybody has. God says that a thought committed in your head is the same as one committed physically. So if we know the thoughts that are in our head sometimes and how... I don't know about y'all, but I know definitely for me, and I'm sure everybody else can attest to it, how heinous and wrong some thoughts can be when we're not that kind of person. <laughs> we're really a loving and yeah. kind and caring person. People still have intrusive thoughts, but you don't let them win. People have demons. People have things they battle. But you 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 push that down. You don't focus on the bad. You focus on the good every day, and you see, seek that relationship with God. Your life will be better for it. And knowing Him intently and Him knowing you intentfully for everything Through thick and thin and loving you through it and choosing to love me. The fact that he still loves me, knowing exactly the kind of person I am, that's a great friend to have right there. Because I doubt very seriously many of my friends would love me if they really knew everything that went on in my life. I don't think many people would love anyone if they knew everything that went on in somebody's life.
0: And that's a good word to use with your relationship with god is a friendship because i know some people really think that it's this like higher type power and that is ruling over you and it's like all these do's and don'ts i know being catholic is a little bit like that and um i'm not much more knowledgeable in that area i'm not a catholic but i just know from the stories and stuff that that is what it's seem to be with what the Lord is and you have to basically go to church and to attest your sins and basically like out them to everybody there and then that is your way into heaven it's like no I don't I personally don't believe in that and it's perfectly fine for those that do but I really think that with my relationship with the Lord is more of a friendship aspect than it is this type of like parental figure that's telling me like right from wrong yes and no and shaming on me basically
1: and i think it's sad you know that's the way a lot of people interpret it, because that's so far from what it is god's my best friend he's my person i go to like i praise god 99 percent of the time versus go to him asking him for help on things i say thank you for all the good you are doing i don't dwell on the negative and say i can't believe you're doing this or fix this or Feel like he's or feel like he's controlling me or telling me what to do. I thank him for giving me the set of rules that I need to follow. because it makes me a better person. Right, having and knowing that he's a friend, somebody I can talk to and be there. Like God makes me laugh. God makes me cry. God makes me angry sometimes. I've been angry at God. I get angry with parents. I get angry with friends. You want to like, why is this going on? I want answers, but I'm not always going to have them. The thing about a friend is. You forgive, too. God always forgives me, even when I'm angry, when I'm hurt, when I lash out at Him. The ones you love most are the ones you hurt most. I hurt God every day. It's impossible to not sin as a human in this world, but I can try my darndest not to. And what I've never understood is, and it breaks my heart for some of you, like you're saying, you know, you hear all the time of stories of, and I'm not putting, it, but like you say, Catholicism, you know, I think there's a lot of People in that aspect that think like the saints, in my opinion, that saints are so holy and above other people. Like, yeah, they're good people in this world, but they're just as flawed as everybody else. Just like Paul and John and Peter, everybody's got their flaws. There's my dad. You can relate this back to anything. Take religion out of it. My dad always taught me the janitor and the CEO get treated with the same respect. Same thing in the church. My preachers, that I the reason I love them so much is because they admit that they're flawed human beings too.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean. It was
1: hysterical when my preacher came in and looked my whole church down the aisle, my old Southern Baptist church, and said, if y'all don't want a preacher that drinks a beer on Saturday or Sunday, then y'all ain't going to hire me. He said, because I do like to have a beer. He said, I'm not a drunk, but I like to taste a beer. And that's okay, because Jesus drank wine. But the Southern Baptists, by God, they don't think you can drink. Why? It makes no sense. Why judge that? Why judge that person? God is not telling me. There's a verse in the Bible where Jesus at a wedding turns water to wine and says, drink and be merry. He encouraged you to have fun. But he also says, do not let a substance control your body. Right. God is not sitting here giving you a set of rules to make your life miserable. He's sitting there to make them better. Mm-hmm. Obviously, anybody can look at you and say, yeah, enjoy a drink, but don't be a drunk. You don't want to wake up depending on alcohol every day. And anything in moderation is okay. God doesn't want, he just doesn't want your life controlled by another substance. Obviously, that doesn't mean go try heroin. It's going to be fine. No, you're probably going to destroy your body and kill yourself if you, you're going to get addicted to heroin. Right.
0: Right. And that's because of, I mean, when people do get addicted to drugs and alcohol and, you know, thinking that way, I mean, it is more so the reason because that person wants to feel fulfilled and with the alcohol and with the drugs, they feel something that is not really fulfilled in their life. And that's what the Lord is trying to get you to really dive into and like really get to the root of the problem and it's like, hey, you know, what is actually going on? Why do you feel the need to use these things to feel good on an everyday basis or, you know, multiple days out of the week type basis too. I mean, those that struggle, it's not to be ashamed of, it. it's just to sit back and think, I need to figure out what it is that is I need a you know, higher purpose. Going on. And you can look across
1: the board, you know, I'm not saying I got it figured out more than anybody else, but celebrities as well as people at the bottom of the totem pole, lower class, both have things that they try and take worldly objects that will fulfill them. You have so many times celebrities who, Robin Williams, prime example, had the best life anybody could ever ask for. He was an actor, a comedian that everybody loved and thought was so happy and had all the money you could ever ask for in the world. He took his own life. You mm-hmm. see that across the board. Kurt Cobain, rock star, drugs, partying, living it all, women galore, everything that you think could be attainable and great in this world, still miserable, took his own life. You see people all the time who are so low and broke down, they turn to drugs and the bottle or alcohol and the thing that helped them, something to get it away. Poor and rich alike have the same issues. They struggle, they need something else more, something that's unworldly to satisfy and fulfill what they truly need. That's the love of another individual or the love of Christ. Sometimes you're not going to find the love of somebody else in this world. Think of somebody who's done something so wrong that nobody else could ever choose to love them, but God still does. Mm -hmm. The thing that we love most, and you see most people that are happy, live in a two-person household with a family. They've had a wife or a husband and kids. They've seen the most visual, worldly symbol of God's love that you can. A person who will love you no matter what, the ups and downs, through all the thicks and thins, until death does you part. I'm not married by any means. (laughs) I'm only in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship right now and starting things out. But I know that is true. You look and you seek for people who make you feel God's love. And the people that make you feel God's love are the people that you will keep closest to you in your life. Mm -hmm. I believe that 110%. And I think having God's love in your life and putting that at the forefront Well, in turn, you will see your whole aspect of life grow because of that, because you have that thing that fulfills you most, and you aren't worried about all the other worldly things that could affect. If I was poor as could be, I would still be content. If I had all the money in the world, I'd still be content. If I was addicted to something, I would still be content. If I was hurting and broken down, I would still be content, all because God's at the center of my life. If he wasn't, there's nothing on this world that can bring me down. But if he wasn't there, I'd break in a heartbeat. And that goes right back to what you were saying of I'm a weak person with a strong God. That's the truth. And admitting that and humbling yourself and realizing that you're not special, you're not better than anybody else, will help you in the long run. Mm-hmm. as a Because, again, that's not something that anybody else can tell you. Admitting to yourself, I'm just another person created by God, I'm made in His image, that helps me as an individual. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the. if you choose to do that for you, it will never benefit me. I only want to help somebody else in that regard because it's only going to help yourself.
0: And I guess my heart really goes out to those that haven't been able to feel comfortable stepping into a church or feeling comfortable really diving into the Word because of all of these assumptions of God. And this this whole episode was mainly to assure you or have a different type of light shined on this aspect in your mind that like, hey, this is... A lot more truth, and maybe I align with this a lot better than what all these other people have told me. And it's not really to tell you what to do, but it is to encourage you that it is a friendship, in my opinion. It is a friendship from what I believe in with the Lord, and it is something that can better you and make you stronger. And knowing all of that should be one more reason to wake up the next day type deal.
1: I can promise you this from experience, it will never hurt you, no matter what. The more you dive into it, or the littlest bit you dive into it, it will only help you in some way. I've never once heard a single story from any person who has tried to seek God and been hurt because of it. You can, And you won't find one. I really don't think you will. And
0: I will tell you this. When you do seek God and he tries to build your character, not everything is dandy and daisy and rainbows and all this stuff. I mean, you're still going through life as the next person, but it is having that person to pick you up when you do fall. And it is to really... God cares more about your character than he does your comfort. And that is... That should not leave your mind ever. I mean, it Mm -hmm. is not going to be a paved path straight away. There will be potholes. There will be times where you get down and you do question, like, why is this happening? And it's like, at the end of the day, you are growing from it. And that is why the Lord had put that in your path or something happened to you. I mean, he does care. I'll say it again. He cares more about your character than he does your comfort.
1: No, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. I think um, God wants you to develop and take situations and learn from them and grow from them. That's why He allows wrong to go on in this world because it makes for stronger and more understanding people. If everything was so good and easy and comfortable all the time, then life would also get pretty boring. That's what heaven's supposed to be like. <laughs> you want to work to attain that. And actually, I, I wrote I had a thought the other day. It came from I was listening to a song, another one by George Jones. It was called Choices. He talks about living and dying by the choices he made. And that goes kind of back to what I was saying earlier. Your one thing that you have in this earth is your mindset and what you learn from life and how you interpret stuff is um how you grow, how you choose to let dwell on the negative or dwell on the positive will affect your outcome and who you want to be in life. So if you're affecting or if you're putting God at the forefront and focusing on that then you're going to base more your decisions around him. And I just kind of had this thought the other day, and I wrote it down because I didn't want to think it. I said, life is one thing. People make decisions, and decisions have consequences. Based upon the amount of suffering and love we've dealt with in life is how we choose to respond to said decisions and consequences. And how we respond to those decisions is the sole way we determine our path in life. And that's Mm kind of just right there, the circle of life, in my opinion and you take god's love you take god's care and tender heart and his ability to be patient and calm and take himself out of situations and not take things personally and really interpret situation no matter how hard it hurts or how hard it stabs you if you can look at it like that which is a tough tough thing to do believe me everybody wants to get defensive because they don't want to be hurt especially by those they love that's why we respond so quickly i know i do and not necessarily stab out or reach out, but just like come back at those that we love the most because we don't want to be hurt by them. But if you have the ability to take yourself out of that, I know as a prime example, as I've been able to do with Evelyn some, and it's hard and I, it is with her, with me as well. But when we can and we stop and we see from the other person's perspective and know that they just love us and want what's best for us, just as God does, you grow so much as a human and in your relationship with that person 100% of the time. Because if somebody truly cares about you, they're not trying to hurt you. They want to work through things. They want to see things going on. And that's what God always does. He doesn't want to do anything but love you and care about you. And that's why focusing on Him and having Him at the forefront, no matter what, when nobody else is there, you know He always will be. Mm -hmm. And that will help you so much in every decision you ever make because it will be solely based around Him. And you'll never be alone in any decision you ever make if you believe and hold that true in your heart.
0: And if you're sitting there thinking, okay, well, if life isn't going to be all dandy and rainbows and butterflies and all this stuff, and then it's like, what's the reason to have God? If you look at it from this analogy, you're going to still have bad times in your life and you're going to go through those, you know, mountains and valleys. And when you have a foundation of God, say your house is built on bricks, and if you don't have a relationship with God, then your house is built out of sand, and if a storm comes by, and something bad goes, and, or something bad does happen, the foundation built on sand will blow right away, and it will crumble, but the foundation that's built on bricks will stand strong and stay. Really true, and um, I think that is a really good takeaway that helped me a lot understand, you know, the human mind, and how it can actually comprehend such thing as God and it's like that makes such perfect sense and from having the Lord in my life you know since a very young age I can attest that having that foundation off of bricks has been I mean life-saving you know
1: I mean I guess my biggest testimony that is you see people that and people complain all the time I prom, like I said earlier I promise you you don't look far to find somebody else who has had it worse than you have Think about imagining the worst possible scenario of your life, and there's people who have actually lived it. My grandfather lost both his parents in a car crash at 19. My grandma lost basically her whole family to alcohol. One, was, Her grandfather was shot when she was five years old, and she saw the body over moonshine. And her brother shot a man in the face over a bottle of liquor. I know people who have lost kids to cancer. Or had. Uh, imagine your kid gets put into sex trafficking one day, or something like that. It sounds heinous to talk about these things, but these things are real things that happen. There's crappy people in this world. There's stuff that goes on in this world that is unimaginable how you cope with it, yet people still do. How Mm -hmm. could you choose the life and choose life the next day when something that heinous had happened to you? And I truly don't believe, I think one of the greatest points was ever made to me is uh, somebody in hospice came in when my grandfather had cancer, and it was hard for our family. But 30 minutes... After the funeral, when we had gotten home, everybody was sitting there eating food, cracking jokes, telling positive stories about my grandfather. And it was just, you could see the share and hospice nurses who were there taking care of him, sitting back, just kind of taking it all in. And I'll never forget when I looked at me and said, you know what, it's so much easier seeing somebody cope with death when the whole family loves God or has faith, has a relationship with God. And I was like, you know, there's a lot of truth in that, man. I really think there is. And I was 14 or 13 at this point, And it made a huge impact in my life. I was like, that's true. You know, how could I ever have... Cut? And it helped me with... I lost both my grandfathers and one of my best friends to suicide. Not, well, not both my grandfathers. Both my grandfathers cancer. One of my best friends to suicide. And a dog I'd had my whole life in six months. I think I talked about that on another podcast. And without God, I'd have never been able to come through that. Mm-hmm. I know that for a fact. And what she said is true. You know, I, I don't know how people suffer with things that they have hurting in their heart so much and don't have somebody to know they can always go to. Because sometimes you are alone. Right. And sometimes those intrusive thoughts do win. Why do you think people take their own lives? It's heartbreaking to think that somebody was hurting so bad that they thought they had nobody they could turn to. Mm -hmm. But if you have God there focused and centered, and that relationship with Him, not that religion, it's a relationship, you will never be alone. Yeah. And that is so beautiful to me, how that works.
0: And to tie it all really around to... The beginning and having that relationship over religion and the people that you might see that you know judge you and that say that you're not welcome here and that really condemn you and who you are it's like they should not be that person um, that should deter you away from such life you know and so I really encourage you that if that does happen just to I hope hear at least something even if you're, n- you're not that person that has been ever turned away. I mean, I don't think I was ever turned away at all. But I know that's very real in some cases. But I still lost God for a little bit in my life. And even then, it was really hard. And so, if you're struggling with all of that, I really hope that this podcast, you know, helped you. And I really think that there was a lot of truth in it. I had no idea what I was going to say coming into it. And... We didn't really have any planned points other than like this is very real and this is very true to a lot of people. And you can really depict on those that are pointing the finger at somebody else rather than focusing more on themselves. And it's just a lot easier for other people to do that. And unfortunately, you're going to find that everywhere, even with working. And I really hope that this, you know, helps somebody. And I was really excited to have Dylan come on and talk about it.
1: And I think, Evelyn, honey, you've hit some phenomenal points is better than anybody ever could. If anybody's helped me on my walk with Christ, it's been this woman sitting right here across from me. She's helped me to realize so much more than I ever could. And I believe that is because it's finding someone who, as I said before, truly loves you and accepts you for 100% of who you are. And I wish nothing but that for every person. Um, I can say the world is not a pretty place. It's going to hurt you and going to tear you down from high experience. I know that is true. But um, the more you can, again, take yourself out of situations and love the sinner and hate the sin, realize that most people in this world do not have it bad out for you. Most people in this world don't care about you that much to have it out bad for you. I hate to say that, but it's the truth. I've never cared about another person. I've never met enough to want to hurt them. But I do want everybody to feel love. And I know that I think if you can start to do that and see situations that people don't, want it out for you that they're usually just hurt and that's why they respond in negative or harsh ways and you can start to be loving to them rather than responding harshly turn the other cheek as jesus did you really start to notice not only a difference in other people's lives that you make but a difference in your own life yeah and um being able to be selfless is a very self-serving thing in my opinion to take yourself out of the big picture and realize how little you are and how but how big of a difference you really can make when you do it for something more than yourself. And I would encourage you that you find somebody, whether it be me, whether it be Evelyn, a family member, somebody that you know is true, a friend, has a true Christian heart and a loving heart, is not a religious person but is a relationship person as we have tried to communicate here and talk to them, ask them a question or do it on your own, however you see fit. I do not want to give anybody a direct list or a rules set of rules of how to function and what to do on a daily basis in your walk with christ but try and take a step make some effort to figure it out Mm -hmm. find somebody you trust and i promise you all it will do is serve you and that is the only prayer and hope i could give for everybody in this world and i know i will gladly talk to anybody about it anytime they want to ask you may not want a good old dumb hicks perspective on it but who knows you may learn something or two if you ask as well um i'm willing to talk to anyone and i know that anybody with that true christian heart I'm not saying I always have it, but I try my best to will ha- will be the same way. And I'm not saying they'll respond correctly, but give them the benefit of the doubt and cross your fingers and pray that they do. And um they'll I guarantee they'll try their best to do the same. And um eventually something will sit in, some some seed will take root and something beautiful will come of it.
0: So thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to follow more authenticity podcast on instagram it is at more authenticity podcast and for Alona's boutique my boutique that i have we are coming out with new items pretty soon and so i would take a look at that everything will be linked down in the show notes and i will talk to y'all next week bye, bye besties, besties. <laughs>